Welcome to One Click Away, Purple Wounds and Community Healing, a virtual audio journey through incidents of anti-Black racism at Western University, positioned within the framework of an educational and activist narrative in the wider London community. This performance includes references to racist acts and white supremacist attitudes. Participant discretion is advised. This action is designed to support self-guided progressive allyship. Allyship is hard work and cannot be forced. Appropriate time and space for mental health and self-awareness is strongly advised. Please feel free to take breaks as needed, find someone to participate with you, and reach out for support if necessary. You can find a list of supportive resources and links on the One Click Away WordPress site. Thank you for the investment of your time and energy as we work towards creating an anti-racist campus and community. To start our virtual journey, I ask you to reflect on how you feel in your community. Do you feel accepted? Do you feel safe? Now think about why you feel that way. What are the reasons for your relationship with your surroundings? Do any of them have to do with race? In almost every case, race is a factor in the level of comfort or discomfort one feels as a part of a community. For the first click of our audio journey, please Google the words Western University White Supremacy and select the first result from the Western Gazette. Here we will explore one example of racial targeting and exclusion that occurred in London on Western's campus. You can pause the audio at any time throughout the walk that you want to explore a resource or if you feel you need more time to reflect. At the beginning of November, several posters were found duct taped to signs and bus stops around Western. The posters read, it's okay to be white. When you first hear this phrase, it may seem innocuous, but when this language is thoughtfully considered, we can see that it devalues the anti-racism work that is being done, as well as the experiences of black Londoners. Why would someone feel the need to emphasize that being white is okay? When has it ever not been okay to be white, especially on Western's campus? How does this statement affect Black, Indigenous, people of color in the Western and London communities? If you have Instagram, open the app and go to the Explore page. In the search bar, type Black Lives Matter London, all one word. If you don't have Instagram, type Black Lives Matter London Instagram into the search bar of your browser and click on the first result. Feel free to explore this page and its posts about local as well as global news and resources. They notably feature Black artists from London, one of which is Fazia Abganin an author, slam poet, and Western student. If you scroll down and find the post from August 31st, you will see a picture of Fazia and some general information about her. If you then click on Fazia's tag on the post and move to her account, then switch to her IGTV page, you will see three videos of her spoken word poetry. Each of these performances are powerful and tackle instances of racism, but her latest post is the one I would like to draw your attention to. Titled, Ode to the Black Boys Who Died to Make Hip Hop Happen, this poem describes the relationship between the public nature of George Floyd's death and the outbreak of performative activism. If you have a chance, please take the time to watch this video. And even if you don't, take some time to think about the motivation to participate in performative activism and the harm it can cause. Many organizations have been using social media as a primary means of communication during the COVID-19 pandemic, which has allowed important information to remain accessible only one click away. So. Keeping with our Instagram theme, if you can again type in the search bar, Ethno USC, and click the first result. 
The Ethnocultural Student Support Service Team at Western uses their Instagram page to highlight issues surrounding diversity, equity, and inclusion. In February, they participated in a Black Excellence Campaign for Black History Month, featuring stories for members about what it means to be Black and proud. One post that I would like to highlight is a statement from member Adam, posted February 10th. I am proud to be Black because of the constant perseverance and strength the Black community displays in institutions that are not designed for their success. Do you think the institution of Western is designed to disadvantage or exclude Black students? We invite you now to search on Google. Western Prof uses the N-word in lecture, and you should find a CBC article in the top results. You see here how a black student's space of education was tainted by the use of this word. This word rooted in hate for so many years was thrown around loosely by her white instructor. The person she is meant to look to for guidance in her academic journey showed no regard for the ways in which the N-word affects her. This discomfort felt by the black students in the class spread like wildfire for black students across campus. I can recall the shock I felt as a black woman studying at Western. How could this instructor have such little regard for our emotional stability? How was he allowed to facilitate this learning space with such ignorance? The biggest question I kept asking myself was how did the rest of the class remain silent? How did my peers allow him to continue the lecture until a black student spoke up? How, on our zero tolerance of racism campus, could this have happened? We need to hold our superiors accountable, and we need to hold each other accountable. Now bring yourself back to the search bar. Let's hear from someone who experienced education at Western years ago. Search, Western hasn't learned about racism. Let's look at this CBC article where three-time grad Lorraine Brown shares her experiences as a biracial student attending the university from 1990 to 1996. She looks back at the institution she attended now in 2020 where white instructors feel they have the liberty to use the N-word and is reminded of her own traumas. Scroll down to the second photo in the article. Read the header above the photo. Stop. Read it again. Student excluded from class for arguing a novel was racist. Read her story and understand she was belittled and academically punished for seeing through the lens of a biracial woman. Where she saw the racist attributes of this novel, her instructor saw a lack of understanding on her part. These institutions and instructors need to be prepared to have students with different points of view and life experiences that will expose racist blind spots. Lorraine Brown was gaslighted by her instructor. When you hear someone point out instances of racism, pause, remove your rose-tinted glasses, and take it in. The next segment in our journey takes on a more serious and sinister tone, so let me pause to provide an additional warning. Careful attention has been made to explicitly stay away from websites promoting or in the service of white supremacy. As this segment unfolds, and if you should choose to pursue further self-guided research, 
be advised that white supremacy and its resources are only one click away. Please type into the Google search bar, Racist Professor, Western University. The third link down should read, Dr. Philip Rushton, Psychology, Western University. Click on this link. On this departmental remembrance page, you will find a rather scathing critique of Dr. Philip Rushton's research, a distancing of Western University from those research activities. Simply put, Rushton pursued a racist research agenda throughout his career, even up to the time of his death while still a faculty member at Western. He attempted to identify differences in intelligence and behavior between racialized groups and explain them through genetic difference. The statement of disavowal you are looking at was approved by Western's Department of Psychology only this year, eight years after his death and close to 30 years since he ceased an active teaching role. Feel free to read the statement in full if you wish to better understand Rushton's flawed research methodologies and assumptions. Prior to the statement's approval, a more traditional obituary was present. It was criticized for defending Rushton's research, even referenced on Wikipedia as a tribute. Were you aware of this Rushton affair? If this is your first time hearing about it, what are you feeling? Anger? Shock? Outrage? Indifference? Please return now to the previous Google results page. The top link should be a CBC article beginning with Black Alumni. Click this link. This article highlights the experiences of Black alumni attending Western during Rushton's active teaching career. The article was written in direct response to the statement we just viewed. These Black alumni express the trauma they experienced at Western and call out the university for not taking strong enough action. As you scroll down the article, you will see a video clip highlighting a televised 1989 debate between Philip Rushton and David Suzuki at Alumni Hall. In his opening remarks, Suzuki expresses displeasure at having to return to his hometown of London for this debate. Suzuki calls out Western students and professors for not finding anyone within their ranks that would debate Rushton. He criticized the university's acquiescence to unbounded academic freedom that allowed Rushton's racist research to persist. While Suzuki provided passionate emotional pleas, it was Rushton who came across as the man of conviction in his scientific beliefs. Suzuki's refusal to fully dignify Rushton's claims and debunk them scientifically played a part in allowing the deep wound of systemic scientific racism to fester in Western's legacy. Apologies and statements are only now being made by university administration, coming at a time when anti-racism has made its way into mainstream media and everyday conversations via the Black Lives Matter movement and worldwide protests against police brutality towards the Black community. These questions must be asked. Are Western's apologies performative? Is there anything concrete being done to heal these painful purple wounds? Conjoin with present knowledge, the future a moment away, 
we venture onwards, making our way to observe part of the historical foundation of London, Ontario. We are on the outside looking in, and quite literally so. Open Google in your browser and search Preserving Black Heritage in London, Ontario, Fugitive Slave Chapel. Click the Timmins Martel Heritage Consultants link. Contrastly to the present, this is the African Methodist Episcopal Church, but it is now known as the Beth Emanuel British Methodist Episcopal Church. It was a place where enslaved and free people could come together and rejoice in God, while also building and facilitating connections with other Black Londoners. As noted in the text you are viewing, Black people sought refuge in London, as it was not too close to the border. They could escape some of the horrors of the fugitive slave hunt. The location of London was an aid within itself to enslaved black folks. How can we as members of the London community for four years or even generations aid in creating a London that holds space for black voices in and out of archival structures of safety? How we choose to conduct ourselves and who and what we choose to include within the London community will either affirm spaces of safety like this church or act to dissolve them. We must uphold the empathy and joy rooted in the confines of the church by working bit by bit to become the best version of ourselves, a version that aims to dismantle white supremacy and the invalidation of black perspectives out of willful ignorance. Knowledge was produced in this church by great thinkers like Reverend William Harrison, attendees, and even those that defended its right to exist and their rights to exist as human beings. This work should be referenced in conversation with our own friends and family surrounding racism, but should also be proclaimed in the academic recordings and presentations at Western University. We must continue to acknowledge the systemic oppression and racism pertaining to groups that experience marginalization, while also giving ourselves room to grow and share knowledge between sites of progression. This church acts as a symbol of human decency, a symbol of sustaining community. I ask now that we have a period of silent reflection. Close your eyes or remain still. Inhale and exhale slowly. Ground yourself for a moment. Can you feel the energy and essence of who you are? Can you feel your body working to improve and fight for you? Let's do the internal work that it takes to fight for each other. Let's function structurally while acknowledging our differences externally. The art and beauty of who we are resides in the love and respect we have for ourselves and our community. Let's bask in the free-flowing change for the better, but be grounded by the accountability we hold for each other. There was progress being made in anti-black racist work as early as the 1800s in London, and progress now is just one click away. So why stop? 